Welcome to the Kinetic Belief Podcast. I'm Stephen Canyon, and I'm so excited to champion, encourage, and edify you every day right here. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Okay, so what happens when you die? Do we become angels? Some people want to know if we just cease to exist, or what about reincarnation, huh? What happens if, uh, I mean, do you actually come back as somebody or something else? Is there a heaven or and a, a hell? Is there a, a good place to go and a bad place? Or well, what about ghosts? Can you tell me that? Are there really haunted houses? Or and is there such thing as poltergeist? Today is a, a topic on death. Is it an illusion? Is it real or is it not real? What happens when we die? Um, and where are we going? If we're going anywhere at all, what a big topic, especially for the day after Halloween. I'm Stephen Canyon, and uh, glad to have you back with us today. Kineticbelief.com is the website. You can email us at kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com. Good morning, Megan. <laughs> Good morning. What a topic. Oh, my goodness. I love that we're doing it the day, the morning after Halloween. It's amazing, isn't were it? Were you inspired? Oh, I guess that's it. But how are we, how are we going to do this in an hour? I, I'm not sure we are, but we're going to just start. I mean, and I love it. You know, we're like, okay, and the topic is death and illusion in three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, is there an afterlife? Go. Right. <laughs> you got uh, 45 minutes. It is going to be amazing. We've got so much to unpack and unwrap this hour. We're going to do our best to get to all of it. Yeah. And I think that we're going to make some sense out of this. I think so. I think so. We It's always good to come up with a, with a solution. I was recently watching a television show called The Good Place, and it's basically... Um, this girl ends up in the bad place because she had too much. She would always like hog the shrimp cocktail at parties. Well, of course. So can we touch on that? Is that true? Well, I think you just did. <laughs> Is that a reality? <laughs> well, yeah, you're in a good place if you're hogging the shrimp cocktail. Like, that's I, true. That's all, that's all I can say that's about true. that. That's true. It's sort of ironic. But, oh, my God, there are so many opinions about what happens after death so this is exciting let's just dive in i think so is death an illusion you know death is observed by the senses which means that our perception is going to be wrongly uh, perceived we're looking at it incorrectly we can only here's what's really interesting when you start talking about perception and what can we see if you know we only can we can only actually see five percent of light spectrum which mm-hmm. is interesting to think about. Yeah. And for example, I do know that if you're living by the senses, by what you can feel, hear, see, you're missing just, you're missing so much. We That's actually true. have the ability uh, in our subconscious and moving information from there into the conscious to uh, have much more revealed that's in creation than just what the senses can perceive. So if you're just looking at somebody in a, in a casket and you're going, well, that's death, you have missed it. It's not enough. That's not a deep enough understanding. And I can't wait to see what you say, honestly. Oh, really? I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep throwing it to you today. (laughs) No way. This is all you. Okay. I can't wait. I do have a lot of questions, so let's do it. Let's just jump right in. You know, you often hear that matter, for example. Let's just start there. Matter, the substance of what we are made from and made of. And, you know, if you, you hear in school that matter can neither be created or destroyed. 
But actually, the first law of thermodynamics doesn't actually specify that matter can either be created nor destroyed. But instead, the, the total amount of energy in a closed system, which is what the universe is, it is confined. So we're in a closed system, and all of the energy in the universe cannot be created or destroyed, although it can be changed from one form to another while in the universe. Mm, interesting. So that's probably a really good place to start in understanding, uh, is death actually an illusion? So, you know, we were created with a belief system capable of disrupting and rebuilding life to, to look like whatever thought form is held. That means that, you know, belief is actually constructing. And it turns out that we really just can't see much. Uh, very little of the universe is actually visible matter. In fact, like I said, only about 5%. And, and this is made up of stars and gas, the things that we can actually see through the telescope or the... Um, uh, you know, while, while looking out into the universe, what we're looking at is actually stars. It's a gas, mostly hydrogen, all bound together by gravity and and uh, formed into galaxies. And so then we have quantum physics, which is now going to be breaking the substance of matter down to a quantum level in physics. And that's where we things actually start to get, get a little bit interesting. So we're going to be digging into a lot of this information today. And I really believe, Megan, that after about an hour of this uh, that we're going to, like I said, unpack most of it and yeah. if not all of it, and we're going to have a really good idea of what happens in the afterlife. And something that you already mentioned that was interesting is the light spectrum. And it made me think not only is there so much about our universe that we don't know, but there's also just so much that we just don't see. We just can't see. So, um, you know, the unknown is always fascinating, isn't it? I mean, Life out there, afterlife, light spectrum, the senses versus the spiritual. There's so much to, to ponder. Well, and thought disciplines have known for forever, centuries now, that there is something else to way beyond just what we see. And the law of attraction, we know that. Um, and, and as recent as 2012, the Hadron Collider in Switzerland has proven in the laboratory that there's far more to creation than just what's been proven in the laboratory up until then. The God particle has revealed so much about imagination and bias to creation. And it's actually now been able to point back to just before the Big Bang that there was a creative bias for all of design. And that's outside of the known universe. So, you know, we can just start right there with a teaser saying, guess what, folks? You're going somewhere else. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. isn't all there is. In fact, this is very little of what there actually is. And so it's almost as if you've already answered the question, death is an illusion because we're spiritual beings that, you know, you can't destroy the essence of, of who you are. Right. An illusion. And, you know, really, as observed by the senses, that means that, again, our perception is just so wrongly perceiving what death actually is. We're mm -hmm. looking at a body yeah. laying there and going, well, that's death. And this is isn't it interesting how everything with the law of attraction, it just seems to always say the senses is wrong. What you feel, what you think, what you see is incorrect and you have to live by 
the soul, the spirit, what you believe. And death is no exception. Yeah, and that's one of the first things, you know, when you're talking about the law of attraction and connect, the law of kinetic belief, you're pulling the curtain back on possibilities that go way beyond the senses. Mm-hmm. And the first place that a successful law of attractor begins is no longer living by what they see, feel, or hear. And they're taking charge of their destination in this life by uh reactivating their sensory perceptions according to their belief and realizing that what they are actually going to be seeing is going to begin and initiate from the place of belief. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever heard this spoken of in regards to the law of attraction. You hear about health, you hear about wealth, you hear about all the things that you want to receive in the physical life that you're living. But so this is going to be interesting. I've just never even heard this discussed um, on the platform of law of attraction. Well, before he died, Albert Einstein said, you know, and, and now I'm paraphrasing, he said, now Besso, who was an old friend of his, he said, Besso um, has departed from this strange world just a little ahead of me. And that means nothing. He said, people like us know that the distinction between past, present, and future is only a, a, a stubbornly persistent illusion. Okay, now, that's interesting. In fact, it was, it was Einstein's theory of relativity that showed that space and time really are relative to the observer. And so here was the beginning of understanding that what you're actually proceeding to see is creating something that wasn't there before you observed it. Quantum theory ended the classical view that particles exist if we don't perceive them. But if the world is observer-created, if all that you can see is actually observer-created, and it, and it is created by the belief of observation, we know this. And so that being the case, then we shouldn't be surprised that it's destroyed with each of us when we leave this realm. The things that you observe, Megan, the thing that uh, that I'm observing, that the listener is observing, will actually leave this realm with you through the uh, the mere fact that this is what you were biasedly observing while you were here. Now that's a that's a brain twister. So, and nor should we be surprised that space and time vanish, and with them. Um, all of the Newtonian conceptions of order and prediction, all of that stuff, um, it's, it's here at last where we approach the imagined border of ourselves. The, the wooded boundary where in the old fairy tale the fox and hare say goodnight to each other, or, or perhaps more exactly understood as, as a Christopher Robbins and Pooh moment of coming of age. You know, at death, consciousness, which is stuff of our observer, or belief, the substance of our imagination, which can neither be created or destroyed, it moves on. But now here's the thing, that the continuity and the connection of times and, and places is the thing that's being realized here. So where, where then do we find ourselves? That's the big question. Where, where are we actually going to end up? Or rather than say end up, where are we going to begin the next part of our adventure? On a, on a staircase that, like Emerson said, you know, he said it can be uh, intercal- intercalated or inserted anywhere. And, and, and what he meant by that is, is, you know, we think that the past is past and the future is the future. But then as Einstein realized, you know what, that isn't the case. Without consciousness, you see, space 
and time are nothing without consciousness. Space and time are nothing. In reality, you can take any time, whether past or future, as your new frame of reference. So what we do know is that death is a marvelous perfect reboot that leads to all potentialities. It leads to future development. It leads to this vast known uh, existence known by those that have gone on before us and uh, something that we really should be excited about because that's where the, the ultimate awaits. So Isaac Newton said the truth is ever to be found in simplicity and not in the multiplicity and the confusion of things. And so that's what we tend to do is to make the idea of death and, and all of its uh, 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 questions like, uh, are we angels or do we cease to exist? Or what about reincarnation? Is there heaven? Is there hell? Ghosts, haunted houses, poltergeists, all that stuff. All that just leads to confusion and it twists it up. But there's really a, a, a simplistic idea to understanding uh, what actually uh, death is. And it is a continuation of the soul. It's a continuation of your identity, a continuation of your personality. And it's something that you're all, you will be drawing from and creating and growing into forever and ever and ever. You know, as I'm listening to you, it, it, it's, it really makes so much sense because you know, if you're if you're a student of, of kinetic belief of the law of attraction, you are sort of constantly um, considering the fact that you're in an, a suit, sort of like an earth suit. And you mentioned that we have that a mad quote. You said imagined border of ourselves, and so birth and death can also be sort of compared to the fact that we're just in this. We're we're these spirits and these having this earthly experience. Um, which is really an interesting way to view it. Do you think that birth is an illusion as well? Yeah, well, well, the the uh, most common definition of birth is an illusion to the reality of what birth actually is. It's not the beginning of something. It's a transition. And as beings having a natural experience in human form, it's a continuation of an existence that's already already been mm. it's a continuation right on through the land of the living and on into the next uh, phase of eternal existence and you mentioned um our experiences that we're going those are a part of us and we take those with us um so you think that we take the knowledge of our experiences here in this life into past death well not knowledge as we know it but we do take an understanding it's a holistic coming of age if you will um, knowledge as we know it in the natural is uh, understanding where the light switch is on a wall, knowing what happens if you touch a hot stove, uh, how to stay out of traffic, how to relate with other beings. And that is a knowledge that we, we will not be taking with us in the same form. However, the experience, the experiential knowledge, the thing that you've become through the expression of understanding and wisdom is something that we will carry with us. Now, how do I know this? Well, we know it just even just looking at quantum physics and what the substance of stuff is, the substance of imaginations, those things that we are desiring and wishing for and believing to come to pass. Our belief is the substance of things that are hoped for, which is the evidence of things not yet seen. And so the existence in the, of the reality of the presence of our pure essence, the original source of our creator, uh, becoming us, creators in the natural, is something that it's like under. It's like looking at a, the wake of a boat, which doesn't exist until the boat passes by. 
And then you can begin to see the wake fade as the boat moves along and has sort of disappeared perhaps over the horizon. Well, is the wake still there or is it gone? The water that formed the wake is obviously still there. So what happened to the wake? It was under the influence of the passing boat. And so what I'm saying is that wisdom or knowledge in the natural would be like the wake of that boat as your being and your subconscious, the essence of your soul passes through the natural. Knowledge that you're gaining is like that wake and it creates a ripple through time that's then going to become part of the essence of who you will be forever and ever. That's the substance of your imagination, something that can neither be created nor destroyed, but it'll follow you through throughout all of all of time and beyond time. And that's something else we'll try to get into is understanding, well, is time an illusion? Well, and that's what I was actually going to ask next is um, you said that if you don't have, you know, no consciousness is means that you can't relate to space and time. Um, do you think that um, after death, after this life, that do we lose that consciousness? Well, no, we have consciousness that will, uh, an awareness of self that will follow us forever. For example, um, I, again, Isaac Newton said that the most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and, and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. Mm. Now, that was so long ago when Isaac Newton wrote those words. But what we do know now is that there was an intelligent being right before the Big Bang that had an imagined bias for all of creation. So that means that this thought process, this this being, the, the our creator was creating from outside of time, from outside of this realm, manipulating, however, from where he is, manipulating what we see in this realm. So there is a, a, a continuity. There is a continuum from where we are into uh, uh, the space of of whatever there is outside of time. You're talking about the us having a creator and it, it happening before the, the Big Bang and, and ushering in all these beautiful, you know, basically we are little creators because we were created. Um, do you think that the afterlife, is, do, was that set up by our creator or do you think as creators we establish that? Well, we were created in the image of the Creator. We have a Creator that that designed all that we see and all that we know. We know that thought, for example, the, the things that we think about, you brought up knowledge, and knowledge already existed before you thought about it. Mm. We don't originate thought. We capture thought. We capture ideas that are permeating through time on the plane of space. And these thoughts are inhabiting the, actually it's the God particle plane of of, uh, creativity. And by being creators in the image of a creator, we have the ability to seek out thought and become a vessel for an idea and express that. For example, you know, anybody that's ever known children and, and you have a niece, we, we marvel at all, all the time over and, and the <laughs> yes. things that she knows, she, oh there's no reason that she should know some of the things that she knows. Well, yeah. where's she getting this knowledge from? Yeah. Um, children often seem to know things that, well, they just shouldn't know. Well, where's that information coming from? It's not practical, the practical ex- expression of life experience, right. something they've gone through. It's not yeah. even something that, that they've been told necessarily. Yeah. So what's happening here? 
we know that there are children, for example, that are remembering past lives. And in research and studies, it shows that these can be very, very vivid, even to being able to point out a picture of who they were as an adult in yeah. another life. Mm-hmm. And often, interestingly enough, I'll just throw this in just to muddle the waters a little bit more. <laughs> it typically happens where there was a tragic death, uh, someone maybe, you know, 40, 50, 60 years before the birth of this child. Yeah. And uh, just through the whatever the the cause or the however tragic that life may have ended, somehow it seems that the universe seems to hold close the the personality of that person to where it's then displaced into a, a new living soul. And and uh, my belief is that this is not someone who's come back as another person, but the thoughts and intense feelings of this this being are still close enough to be captured by another soul and expressed and experienced and relived. Mm. And so understanding quantum physics and particle uh, physics, and I'm a student, of uh, a particle physicist student, understanding how the substance um, already existed before you thought about it. There's nothing new under the sun, for example. There are new, no new thoughts no new ideas. There's only new vessels for expressing the thoughts that already exist in the universe. The creator that created us also imagined all the thoughts, all the inventions, all of art, all of music. And we as creators in the image of the creator now can express if we are have, have the aptitude for music, for example. I believe that the authentic there's an authentic ability to capture music that's already in existence and be an expression of that into this universe, into the time and space of now. Just like with mathematics, and you see in in the genius of Isaac Newton or Einstein and others, they are tapped into a universal wisdom. And the genius of uh, is in them able to interpret that that knowledge and express it in a way that the rest of us can can consider. So it, I, I feel like I'm getting the sense that there really is this whole other realm um, in the universe that is maybe a lot more tethered and a lot closer to our existence than we than we like to think. You know, from what you're talking about with the the inspiration for invention and ideas or maybe a death or even a birth that didn't happen. Um, I actually knew a girl one time that she said as she was trying to get pregnant, she could almost sense like a girl, like actually a sort of the soul of the girl, like sort of trying to come through her. Um, I don't know if that was real or not, but it certainly seemed real to her. But it does seem like the theme of this is that there is another existence and it's just so close at hand and it's so tightly knit with with the experiences that we're having well here's and again science i believe is just now catching up with a lot of a lot of the world's thought disciplines and religions and things that people have known by faith and believed by faith one of the new theories is something that's called block universe theory that kind of points to what you're you're talking about now block universe theory says that time may not be passing at all and uh your perception of time is likely relative to you and limited by the natural senses. In other words, we seem to perceive time as passing in one direction. You know, it's, it's dragging us along. And after all, you, we, we cannot just forward to the future or revisit our past if we just felt like it. Every minute of every day appears to move us ahead. 
pulling us through our lives towards some kind of demise, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a tragic ending or not tragic, but some ending. At least that's what the conventional experience of time tells us. But the, the block universe theory says that your present, past, and future all existed. And it all exists now, even though you can't step into the past, not yet anyway, <laughs> or into the future, it still yeah. exists. Time from, from the, the block universe theory says, from, from that point of view, it says that time would not flow. The block universe theory says that our universe may be looked at as a giant four-dimensional blocks of, of space-time containing all the things that have ever happened. It's all there. All the things that have ever happened, all the things that will ever happen. All of it is contained within this, this block of space-time. Well, in the block universe, there is no now or present. Um, all moments that exist are just relative to each other within the three spatial dimensions and one time dimension. So your sense of the present is actually just reflecting where in the block universe you are at that instant. So in other words, the past is just a slice of the universe at an earlier location while the future is at a later location. So. If, if that makes sense, if you could wrap your, your belief system around that, it, it, it's, it's just saying that all of time, all of the circumstances of your life are all contained within that block universe. So it, and it sounds like a big part of that is how you're perceiving everything. Um, almost like time can be many things depending on what you, you know, sort of believe it and see it to be. I mean, that's going to deeply affect this experience that you're having. Um, the concept of time, let's talk about that for a second. Do you, I mean, obviously, if you were on a desert island somewhere and, um, you know, you weren't aging, it would be very difficult to understand time so it, it's almost as if do you think decay is the only way that we can even really uh know that that time is passing well simply because we have equated decay with time then that gives us a sense of things passing by mm -hmm. but there again even aging is just a perception yeah it is a belief system that we have equated with time Time in the sense of reality uh, only exists from sensory, the sensory mechanism of observation. If you remove the idea of observing, for example, the, the one you're using decay or the aging process, if you remove that, then, then the perception and the uh, uh, existence of time as we know it is all of a sudden removed. For, and again, using your your example, if you were on an island or if you're anywhere and you're not aging, then does time exist? I uh, guess. Does yeah, it? I guess. <laughs> okay, but if the only but if the only analogy is that you know you, we know time exists because we age, and you mm -hmm. remove the age component from that, right. then does time is time passing? So you see, it it really comes back down to the belief system and what we believe time is affecting, or what we believe is a result of time passing. Right. So because if there was no end to life, I mean, if there was no death. Right. What's the point? I mean, time is irrelevant, time, even if it right. is, even if it does exist. It's a perception. <laughs> that's exactly right. For example, you can take there. There is we have the ability to imagine thoughts or uh, uh, 
uh, let's say that you, you are considering a problem that needs to be solved. You can look at a problem, be it mechanics or uh, social, and, and you can look at that from within time and try to figure out a way to solve the problem from within time. And then we also have the ability to look at an issue outside of time. If time were not an influencer on the social uh, injustice of today, then we would come with, we would all of a sudden come up with responses to how to fix the social injustice outside of the element of time. We could do the same thing with mechanics. We can do the same thing scientifically. We consider how to uh, address an issue within time or outside of time. So does time exist? It only exists from the point of our uh, purposed imaginations and how we are allowing ourselves to view a situation that needs to be or doesn't need to be addressed. Which does make sense because we talk so many times about how we see things and what we call things make them so. And and why would, you know, time, death... Um, be any be any different than that how do you, how do you personally mentally approach the concept of of death do you even consider it do you see yourself do you see it as um, a very real benchmark or something that eh, it doesn't really have anything to do with you you're just going to keep on going <laughs> it has nothing to do with me it has everything to do with the concept of time we're going to keep right on going i see it as a continuum and on to something where we're sloughing off the natural those things that are a hindrance to our understanding of uh, of a greater enlightenment and a greater ability to be unencumbered by the natural. Um, going back to the uh, to the point of, for example, children knowing things that they really we can't quite understand how they know. Well, as you know, I as long as I can remember, I've had the ability to to compose music for orchestra and do it on the piano. As long as I can remember, I mean, from the age of three or four years old, I'm writing music that I've heard just coming through the universe. Melodies that I can tell you today already existed. I hear them in my my mind. They wake me up at night, and, and I'm not the only one. You hear people talk about that all the time. They're haunted by melody and haunted by music something that's already there. And the only thing that I had to do as a, a little kid was to develop the dexterity to be able to play those notes and play the piano. And then as time has gone on, they've become more complex. And I hear these, these melodies that are come, they already exist in the universe. There is a, when I'm, when I'm putting those, those sounds to the actual audible sound of the piano, there is a very distinct beginning and there is a distinct end and there is a length of time. For example, the one piece called Eternal Love is 12 minutes long. I can't play it any other way. It cannot be played in 10 minutes. I can't do it in 13. I can't play it two different ways. I can't start in the middle. I can't start a quarter of the way through. I can't. Oh I goodness. have to start at the very beginning with the first note and I play it all the way through, That's all amazing. the way to the end note. And it's the same way. Every I, I first started playing it when I was 15 years old. It's 12 minutes and I've never varied from it at all. It's the exact same thing because it already existed. Mm, and that's yeah. the way it is with all the music, but not just with me. And it's, you know, it's not a respecter of persons. It comes through, you know, we all have an aptitude and ability to tap into that original source essence mm. of who we were created to be. 
And that's not uncommon. Many of the great composers said that they were um, absolutely channeling something. Some would, uh, Beethoven would even would even say that he could um, quite literally see in his mind the entire score of an entire symphony from beginning to end before he even wrote uh, pinned one note. I mean, that's um, that points to. Um, a source. A source, that's right. It points to going again right back to a time, using the word time, Mm -hmm. before the Big Bang, what we know as the first expansion into all that we can see. For for decades, scientists have puzzled over one of the most central, most uh, essential mysteries of physics, and that's where did all the stuff that makes up the universe come from? Not just what we can see, but audibly, what we hear in music and in art form, in thoughts and imaginations, desires, dreams, the essence of love, the, the, the passion. Passion's a substance. Where did all of that come from? Well, based on observations of the Higgs boson field at the Switzerland's large Adron Collider, the conditions of the early universe were biased. They were opinionated toward creating something where there had been nothing at all. There was nothing here. There was this, this, what, whatever it was, a vacuum ready to be created upon. A, it was a big canvas, a blank canvas that a creator needed to step up to and take the color of all there is and start splashing it in and putting it into its place. Well, the Higgs boson, otherwise known as the, the elusive God particle, allowed for the existence of just about everything. Everything that we know of anyway, because I can tell you that there's a whole lot more to this than what meets the eye. There's so much more to this. In fact, most of what there is is way beyond this universe, way beyond the factor of time. Well, the the Higgs produced a field that incites other particles with mass, giving substance to all that makes up the universe, all that we can see, all that we know, all of our thoughts, past, present, future, Every work of art, past, present, future, already existed. So what happened is the strength or the the kinetic velocity of this field, of the Higgs field, the, the God particle field, impacts the way that it interacts with particles creating the substance of our imaginations. So, um, you know, you mentioned that the, the universe was really a vacuum for all this creativity to sort of explode into. Do you think that our lives are are a comparison to that in, in the same sense that each individual person and their their existence and their life is in a sense a, a vacuum to be to be filled with their own creativity? Yeah, you know, and that's a, that is a word that I love to use because it points back to responsibility. Mm. We have the ability to create what I call vacuums for creation as creators. Mm-hmm. If we are not uh, applying a kinetic belief, the substance of an imagination and a desire to the law of attraction, then we're not creating a vacuum for our creative desire to come in and attract, to bring relief to the gratification that we're expressing for the thing to come to pass. That's what creates the vacuum. Mm -hmm. Um, People that go through life as victims are not living in a vacuum of creativity. They are actually the expression of all that there is, all that there can be, and I'm just going to take it as it comes, and whatever you say about me is what I'm going to experience. Whatever Mm -hmm. I see is what I'm going to experience. That's why people like that continue to have what they see, because they're not reaching beyond and unbecoming the things that were put on them to create a vacuum for the substance of their heart's desire to move uh, mass and form and rearrange and change their their environment and their circumstances according to their best belief. 
I love that concept that um, that's that's so cool to think about that our belief is creating this really basically our belief is creating space for these things to manifest. That's really a beautiful visualization. And the way that that the universe is set up is it cannot contain a vacuum. Mm -hmm. It has to be filled with the substance of your heart's imagination. So if you hold on to that thought form Mm -hmm. and you continue to imagine that thought form, the best thought form you can possibly come up with, and you're grateful for that thought form and you see the, you imagine what everything will appear to be like once that has come to pass in your life. You've created a vacuum, if it, especially if it doesn't exist now. You're calling something that is not as though it were, and you putting your voice to that and affirming it and journaling toward that. The substance that's going to create that is attracted to that. It has to fill the... You cannot, uh, you cannot maintain a vacuum. It has to be filled up, and that's the way the universe operates, the way that it works. And that makes me think, too, that um, it really everything you just said, it really reveals the importance of your imagination because that's your one connection to this other realm that is tethered so closely to our physical existence. I mean, outside of your imagination, there's there's really no way to tap into the understanding of how the vacuum works and filling it and your creativity and, and your responsibility as a creator. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, j- just as much as, think how much you use your eyes and your ears in the physical that's your you know your imagination is your eyes and ears in that other other realm that we're so closely tethered to um that's fascinating so do you i have a question for you um do you have a specific ideal of what you think you will experience in an afterlife well, I think, it, again, it's going to be a continuation, a continuum of who I already am. The things that I've been working on have been creating this holistic, perfected uh, expectation. You know, we can actually experience the what we call the afterlife in this life, here in the land of the living. Mm, that's interesting. We are, it's not a, it's, it's, because it's not a disconnect from us moving to, to uh, uh, the, the uh, un, unliving, the land of the unliving, the unnatural, the, the next phase of existence. Existence, no more than it is from moving to that to now. It is just as much, we're just as much right now in our afterlife as we will be in the natural in our afterlife. It's a continuum of who we are. Uh, the, For exa- example, the original source, the essence that makes you who you are, you're uniquely made and designed and created, existed before you arrived here in the land of the living. And it will continue on once you leave this place. So the, the challenge for creators while here in the land of the living is, the, actually, the, the question is, do you accept life as it comes and do you put up with uh, put up very little resistance to some kind of an insistent routine of existence? Are you living this round-robin existence every day? Do you do the same thing all the time the same way? Do you say the same thing and react the same way to to challenges and uh, emotion and feelings? Are you, are you, do you succumb to those natural things the same way? all the time, round and round and round you go. Because I'm telling you, if you do, if you're somebody that is not uh, projecting yourself to become better today than you were yesterday, you're probably going to be end up being a lot more surprised in the afterlife when you move away from the natural than the person who's already purposed to grow and become something better today than they were yesterday. So you think that we're sort of setting the tone now for 
our afterlife? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You know, and some people call it karma. Other people, uh, Christians, uh, understand that, you know, a good life, one where they are um, uh, giving themselves and their ideals over to a, uh, a, a, a Christian belief that, you know what, um, my my sinful ways have been atoned for, and then I can can go on and, and live this perfected life and 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 go to heaven, um, and that's a very reality uh, 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 that is real to to the Christian because of their belief, the substance of their beliefs are creating the reality of their existence, um, and and that's what we're doing. It's up to us. We're the ones. We are the ones that have the are the deciding witness as to what kind of existence that we're living. And if you're in that, going back to that round robin way of existence, for example, according to the Society for uh, Personality and Social Psychology, okay, much of our lives are taken up by habits that we've formed over our lifetime. And an important characteristic of a habit is just that it's, you know, it's automatic. It's knee jerk. It's just the way that I'm going to respond to you, the way that I'm going to respond to somebody cutting me off in traffic, whatever it is. We don't always recognize habits in our own behavior. And so this, what happens is the studies show that about, watch this, 40% of people's daily activities are performed every single day in almost the exact same situation over and over and over. Wow. And it's no wonder why people are uh, taking drugs and, and things for anxiety and uh, are suffering depression and you know it's just a psychological screwball of a mess especially here in the united states and it's because we just are in this waterboarded uh, type of existence where it's it's painful and it hurts to be uh, constantly thinking the same way and be allowing ourselves to be victimized by what other people say about us and even our own imaginations and thinking we're unworthy or or we we don't have enough education or we're just not intelligent enough. You see, most people who desire greater results in life right now in the land of the living wish things were different. Oh, if things could just be different. That's that's why we have the popularity of the law of attraction is what it is. People want a different life. They know they should be living a different way. They know that they... They aspire to be creative. They, they want to write poetry. They want to write books. They want to play music. They want to sing songs. They want to be wealthy. They want to help other people. They want to be healthy and strong and vibrant. They want to have colorful imaginations, and they want to laugh more, and they want to stop uh, the tears, and they want to stop the depression and the fighting and the infighting and the, the antagonistic um, self-loathing and all those things that people have succumbed to. But here's the thing. Something always changes their minds before they change their lives. Mm, That's powerful. Wow. Changes their minds before they change their lives. Um, do Do you think that we will still have that power to grow and create even after we leave the physical? Always. We're always progressing. And that's what success is, is the soul, the mind, body, spirit, and soul advancing toward perfected completion. You, you know, you were just, sorry, were you about to keep going? No. Um, you just mentioned, um, you know, that, that people are trying to overcome anxiety. And, and, and really, as you were speaking, I was just getting this visual of just, it's almost as if there's just a force in the universe that, a negative force that's sort of always, 
you're always battling. You know, you're always sort of like trying to focus on the positive to overcome this negative. What do you think that is? What do you think causes, you know, everyone's natural state to be something that's really negative and and we're always sort of having to fight that well there is a a force of decay in the universe where the the universe is actually retracting and then there's one of expansion decay leads to death expansion leads to life and Mm. the expanding part leading to life is the part that we're tethered to where we are moving and advancing toward completion that's the part that we're going to just jettison right on out of here and become greater and and more than we are or we can choose make the wrong choices while here on this earth living out a natural life and 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 tether ourselves to decay which is negative energy Mm -hmm. it's based in fear and the thing that you fear will come against you and it'll destroy your life it'll cause things to be hard it will take from you it steals from you and it it breaks things and it causes there to be lack and not enough to go around and fear that there's not enough fear of war and famine and it causes war and it causes famine and it causes hatred and bitterness and jealousy and all those things which you are actually it's up to you to tether yourself to that it's a decision and a choice that you're making to be offended by those things in this life. And if you are offended by it, then you are believing it. If you're believing it, you're creating it. If you're creating it, it's coming into your life and you will become, you will be uh, succumb to the, the results of that thing that you are fearful of. Let's talk for a moment because I think it's a really powerful point. Um, let's talk for a moment more about expansion. That is such a wonderful word. And it, and it gives me the thought that, you know, instead of trying to reach some sort of like positive thinking plateau or, you know, oh, I've climbed the top of this and I've arrived and I have to, I don't have to do anything else. But it's, it's almost as if our goal is not just the top of some positive mountain, but our goal is expansion. And you could even you could even say maybe I guess I'm asking you, do you think that you could even call death that it's not death, it's expansion, or it could be if that's what you've been practicing your whole life. What do you, what do you think? Well, it is expansion. Death is really, when we say death, I think of it, it's such a horrible word. It is, and I don't think it? we had death. Um, you'll it's... see the headline. Well, so-and-so's dead. They Are died. They... Well, it just seems like it's such a, like, uh, no, I'm not. It's, it's just, but I'll knock over this lamp. <laughs> it's a, it, and it's supposed to be a beautiful yeah. thing. It's a, just like we celebrate a birth. Why don't we celebrate a death? This is somebody, maybe we're, it's sad. You're going to miss them for just a little while. Yeah. They're not missing you because where they are, they've moved on mm. and they are, you know, just in, in the, the, um, subconscious consciousness of the one who's already moved on you're there Um, time has ceased from that perspective that Mm -hmm. place of being and so you're already with them even though you're not with you in your mind you're not with them you're still in the land of the living doing the natural thing isn't it interesting that there's always that positive way to see something even death. I mean, even even something. And and I think that we have established um, that death is an illusion, and and death is almost a, an obsolete word when you when you start believing this way. It's it's expansion. It's more of the same. It's creativity. It's positive. Like you said, absolutely, you will deeply miss the presence of a person that, especially if they've made an impact on in your life. But that's different. That's a whole different topic. Existence was before you came into the natural. It was just, it went in every direction and outside of the realm and outside of the experience and expression of time. And it's the same place that we're moving to. And so when we move into through the womb of a woman, into the linear 
uh, life of uh, a certain expectation from point A to point B, from the time you come into the land of the living until you leave this life, that linear experience. From that moment on, you see, you are being carried along through the universe by the substance of kinetic belief. Desire and imagination and relief are the things that you're operating from. Those are the three keys to kinetic belief. Uh, kinetic belief is the, the primary law in the universe that causes the law of attraction to work. And it's carrying you, it carries all of us while here to a, a predetermined goal. And so you're already using kinetic belief, for example, while again, listening to this podcast and you're, you're listening to everything we're talking about and you're choosing to believe it or not believe it. And then that's going to lead to the next part of your own experience. And so the result and uh, having the ability to do anything that we can imagine while we're here is all part of being in this realm. So I think we have, from what you were just saying, it does seem like we've established that, um, you know, our existence absolutely expands and moves on into this entirely new season chapter for for us. But um, you mentioned birth. Do you think that we've always existed? Do you think there was never a time where we where we didn't right. exist? Exactly. That's what and that's what I'm saying is that you know we've always been. The essence of who you are has always been. From the mind of the creator, a biased creator created you in the image of the creator. And so from the moment of whatever that moment was, when you were created, you've existed from that moment and always will. Nothing can be either destroyed or created again after creation. And that includes us. And it's kind of funny to even use the word always, isn't it? Because basically we've also established that... Well, outside of this physical existence, there's no time. That means there's no always. It just is. It just is, <laughs> right? But, and but you know, it just in is? the image the of is a clue. If you if you consider in the image of and mm. the, of a creator that has always been, consider that. Then in the image of that creator, there's a spinoff at some place, some place. And, and you know, that's the way I like to look at it. Rather than time, I you know we consider it a place. So we come from a place and we're going to a place and we pass through time on our way. And, you know, this is all so much of this sounds extremely spiritual and existential. But at the same time, it's also incredibly scientific because, you know, I know that I've heard so many different uh, theories and and even um, formulas for explaining how time is is altered on other planets. Um, Didn't they take a clock to the moon? And it like showed a different speed of time or something. Didn't they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just, I guess I'm just saying that this can all feel rather spiritual and existentially based, but this is also incredibly scientific and, and there's a lot of meat and truth and foundation in what you're saying. Well, it's spiritual, whatever you want to call it. We are so limited by language, but we do our best <laughs> in our, True. in our own simple ways to try to understand all that there is. Yeah. You see, and it's up to us to appropriate to our, ourselves the power to become what we want to be in this life and beyond and to do what we want to do in this life and beyond. And the only limitation that any of us will ever come up against is what we imagine to be. Mm. And so what we do is we exercise with a creative energy, all 
all the power and all the authority for creative manifestation to become ours. And we look for it and we expect to find ways to, well, to move forward, to move beyond this life and to keep going and, and do it every day and do it in every place and do it within and toward what we're, we're expecting to manifest and do it with the a perfected expectant faith and a perfected if uh, uh, a perfected confidence an expected confidence and an assuredness and we consider this life from the highest imagination and the highest possible desire and then trust in use faith like you're talking about use faith in the substance of the things that you're hoping for to create your heart's desire in response to your expectations and by all means fear not fear is not fear is natural fear is not supernatural fear is natural and we can choose to participate in its effects or not the choice is always ours because our desires are part of creation choice is part of creation um, your ability is part of creation. Belief is part of creation, and they represent the desires of your perfect creator. All we have to do is to come into agreement with our creator's desire for us. You come into agreement with that, a good, loving creator. Come into agreement with that, with that heart's desire, with its biased desire for you. And then manifestation is going to be activated from that point on through gratitude. Gratitude's going to create the, uh, as you said earlier, the vacuum for relief to bring that substance of your heart's desire into your life. What would you say to the person that, that, that they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I'm doing the law of attraction, I'm working on all that, but I got to say, death just sounds, it, I'm afraid of it. I'm just, I'm just fearful because to me, it, it just, it feels like an unknown. Well, I would say to that person, stop right now, stop, uh, stop listening to this podcast and go back to the beginning and start it over again because there's <laughs> no reason you should be fearing death anymore. We've worked hard at this. I'm already sweating and you haven't been listening. <laughs> That's what I would say to you. That's what's known as How dare tough. you continue to fear death? Huh? And that's what's known as tough love. <laughs> Absolutely. And you start, you rise above the temptation to have moral evil lead you and guide you into fear because you've got no business fearing anything at all. Cast mm -hmm. out all that stuff and selfishness. I would say that's, a, that's something else. You're being selfish. You just want attention. You're wanting somebody <laughs> to pat you on the back and say, don't you fear death anymore. So get over your selfishness. Get over your narrow personal ambition. And don't hold on to envy or malice or enmity toward anybody else or yourself. And, and then you go and you start working on your highest ideals for yourself and get over it. Well, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> what else have you got? What else do you have? Uh, well, so we've been talking today about is death an illusion? Um, I would say that we've established that the concept, the the westernized, the concept of death as most of us know it is an illusion. Um, yes, it is. Absolutely it, an illusion. I think we've definitely answered that question. I would even say that we've said that birth is an illusion. I think, and uh, let me look at my notes. Probably my my favorite thing that you said, um, you said 
that we have these imagined borders of ourselves. And that really hit me because whether you, you can be as Scooby-Doo spiritual, Ooh, I'm so cool. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just so loving and, and, and ethereal, you know, but you're still thinking about your birthday and you're still thinking about death. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. you know, so I just think that was probably the most powerful thing that hit me personally is to, you know, if you're going to remove the borders of sickness and, poverty and all these negatives in your life go ahead and and go the full distance and remove those borders from the beginning and the end of what you think is your life because your life is it's eternal it's it it just is it it just is i mean get out of this narrow-minded concept that that was huge for me fear not and you know those look look inside of yourself and be honest and come in tune and in contact with your what with what moves you what what do you comp- what do you have passion for? Mm, passion, that's good. What are your passions? What makes you feel good about things? Because that's the essence. Now you're digging down into who you were before you came into the land of the living, and who you're going to be when you leave here. And change your perspective. Get away from the noise of the world and how other people, including news and bad reports, bad doctor reports, bad anything, all that is there to do is to try to redefine you and make you become something that you're actually not. Who you are, the essence of the perfect, beautiful person that you are, has always existed and always will. So get in line, get in uh, and, and start marching with the, the beat of that drummer while here. You're going to have to meditate to do that. You're going to have to put down some books, some unsavory material, stop getting involved with some of these negative conversations, and by all means, stop listening to them. Don't go to those movies anymore that promote fear. I I know it's entertaining. I know it's stimulating. I know it gets the adrenaline going, but you've got to stop doing that. That's the temptation of it, to get you to partake of it and commune with it. What it's going to do is to steal from you and rob from you and take from you and destroy your life and cause you to manifest those things that you are allowing yourself to commune with through the sights and sounds of, through the natural sensory mechanisms that's perceiving those things, the evil, the darkness that it is, it will manifest. You are deceived if you think that it's not going to because you might be saying, well, I know better. I know it's not real. I know there's no such thing as zombies. I know, even though I dress up as one last night. So I'm not going to be afraid of that showing up in my life. You're deceived because the conscious, the subconscious doesn't know the difference. And if you're feeding it negativity, it's going to manifest that desire is only what you've been watching and observing. That's what desire is. The law of attraction follows after after desire. And I can tell you that if you're meditating on and watching and observing zombies long enough, and if there's not one already in your living room, you're going to manifest one. You've created a vacuum for a zombie and one is going to show up and terrorize you and destroy your life. (laughs) What? Oh my goodness. Oh man. I love our Halloween episode. This this is amazing. But you know, if you don't, you either believe that what you focus on is going to manifest or you don't. Right. And, you know, and I always think of like everything you were just saying, I always think of, of the manifestation power as you have sort of like, you know, this, let's say you have a, a pint of, of manifestation power and you can only use that for so much. And so why not make sure that every single ounce of energy, effort, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, consumption is used toward manifesting 
only what you want and that's a that's a very narrow focus to do that that takes a lot of discipline and aware and more than anything awareness it does take discipline this is not easy and I don't want to pretend like it is you know and I think a lot of people that promote uh, law of attraction as though it's just some kind of a genie in a bottle and you just rub the lantern and and you'll get your your wish greatest wish will come true yeah Mm -mm. that is uh, that's not how it works this takes effort this takes an obsession over the best ideal of yourself and there's so many negative influencers all around you. Just as soon as you think you're all that, something's going to show up to tell you you're not all that. Who do you think <laughs> you probably are? Probably your sister. It's, and it's probably somebody very, very close to you. So you know what? Which yeah. to you, you have to rise above all the temptation to moral evil in this life. Uh-huh. Cast out all those things. Walk in unconditional love and let it begin with yourself, mm-hmm. so that you can begin expressing unconditional love to your sister. <laughs> what that was personal <laughs> well um wow this has been just the most amazing topic to cover today and and i i have to say i'm a little i don't want to say i'm surprised but i am a little surprised at how deep we got and how much understanding was gained on this idea of of is death an illusion and and you know i think knowledge is power isn't it just when you gain understanding and knowledge on anything you just you get that sense of being empowered and like you're you're again in the driver's seat in control you can accomplish anything for yourself yeah, and you know, in this world, and uh, you've, you know, we hear, well, that you're just delusional. Well, all of the world <laughs> is, it is a delusion, a state of being that you don't want to participate in. And yeah. you know, in the words of William Shakespeare, all the world is a stage. <laughs> and yes. the, the theatrics of which may be chosen from fact or fiction, good or evil, the imagination doesn't know any difference. And so if you've got to delude yourself in order to, to put on the costume of the person you want to be, by all means, become that. See yourself as that perfected version of yourself. Don't consider or dwell upon the disasters of nature or evil acts of humans. The very idea of those things has the power to terrorize and corrupt your life. So as the, a purposeful kinetic believer, think on that which is good and acceptable to you. And I'm telling you, you will experience the thing that you're dwelling upon. So to happily enjoy your perfected life, again, stay away from all those dark pursuits and and, and, and any of that stuff, staging your imaginations like William Shakespeare said, and just let the world become your stage of a perfected essence of yourself so that it will begin to perpetuate the manifestation of the same thing. So that's how it works. And, you know, gratitude, affirmations, you got to make sure that that's part of your life every day. And uh, if, you know, say this whispered if you have to. Maybe you're sitting at your desk right now and you've got on your, your AirPods. Just mumble it. <laughs> Just say, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. For the substance of my heart's desire. For the substance of my heart's desire. I am desire. to see myself. To see myself. Perfectly healthy. Perfectly healthy. Perfectly wealthy. Perfectly wealthy. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. There are no missed opportunities in my life. There are no missed opportunities and in I my life. And I don't require circumstances. And I don't require circumstances. To make things possible for me. To make things possible for I'm me. I'm grateful that my perfected imaginings. I'm grateful that my perfected imaginings. Have attracted what I desire. Have attracted what I desire. Did I say it in quick enough bursts of information for you to <laughs> I think so. You know. I got tongue twisted on That's a few of those. Works. Wow. Oh man. I, I have expected there to be something about zombies in there, but <laughs> <laughs> I've said all I'm gonna say about zombies. Do you see about this as a, you have a thing against zombies, I think. Well I don't want them in my living room. <laughs>
that. I know that. Uh, not not since your oh, niece man. passed through here anyway. <laughs> she did look legit, didn't she? Um, well, goodness gracious, this has been... Um, the word is unpacking. We have unpacked a lot about this, and I have a much better perspective of, you know, I think today was not just about death, but it was about our relationship to the universe, to time and space, who we really are. And, and I think seeing yourself as that timeless being is extremely empowering. Sure. Is death an illusion? No, it is not, but it's a blink. And don't dread it. Don't look forward to it. Enjoy the experience while you're here in the land of the living. Live life fully. Live it great. Be the best version of yourself you can possibly be. Expect good things and good things will follow. Yeah, if you want to submit any comments or questions about today's episode or any others, um, you can email us at kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com. And you can also check out the new 100-day guided journal for Law of Attraction on the website. And, ooh, it's going to be on Amazon in just a couple weeks. So, oh, hey, right. if you have Prime, that's an even the better The 100-Day Guided Journal is a must. If you yes. are serious about attracting your best life, you must get the Guided yeah. Journal. Uh, it's not just musings, but it's taking you by the hand and helping you Absolutely. reset your the thoughts and imaginings that you have every day. Yeah. Casting down a, the negative influences in your life and keeping you on track to hold fast to the thing that you're believing for. You can only do it through journaling, and, and that's it, what this journal allows you to and do. And it's beautiful. It's fully illustrated. It makes a wonderful gift if you know of anybody who um, wants to dabble in the law of attraction or just dive in head first this is a wonderful gift and you can definitely get it in time for christmas by the way friends we always want to see you at a master class yes one of our master class uh, workshops where we change lives we're there for uh, an evening and we oh we have so much fun. We do a live podcast. There's live music. There's teaching. There's interaction. There's um, you can have great conversations with like-minded kinetic believers, people who understand the law of attraction. Those are so fun. We're going to be in New York um, next. I think we're going to do something in January and then also in March. So check out the website for that kineticbelief.com. This has been great. Yep, all the information is there at the website, and uh, it has been great. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I can't wait till tomorrow. Okay. See you then. Bye. See you then. Thanks.